let's get agreement that this is a strategic priority. That area of alignment and synergy can be very Looking important. The future, we're committed to expand valuation. time, there's still progress that needs to be made. This is Healthcare Strategies. Hi, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Olivia Kaler, Senior Editor of Life Sciences Intelligence and Pharma News Intelligence. Today, we are speaking with Liz Beatty, Co-Founder and Chief Strategy Officer at Inanto, about increasing clinical diversity and access in the United States. Liz, thank you so much for joining us today. Great to be here. Thanks, Olivia. To start us off, Liz, could you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you developed this awesome passion for increasing clinical diversity and access? Yeah, happy to. I'm co-founder and chief strategy officer at Anato. Anato is really focused on increasing access, inclusion, and efficiency in the clinical trial ecosystem by bringing access to patients in their community. So for me, this is really important. Patients have a lot going on for their lives in general to decide to participate in a clinical trial is a major life decision. So if you can stay local with doctors you trust and a care team that you know and still have access to trials, it can completely change the clinical trial ecosystem for patients and really change the whole ecosystem for pharmaceutical companies and medical innovation to get these medicines to patients faster. So I think it's really critical for us to think about patient diversity and patient access and we're really focused on that at Anato. And Olivia, to give you a little bit more about what we do at Anato, we're really focused on flipping the model and letting the community research centers and sites really decide for themselves what's the right trial for them and their patients. And we've built this two-sided platform for sites to really be able to decide, actually, this is the right trial for me, instead of waiting to see what feasibility questionnaires come from the sponsors directly. And this really changes the dynamic for community research centers to make sure that they can participate in the right trials and bring that access into their community for the patients so that people don't have to travel long distances or leave their trusted doctor and care team to be a part of clinical trials. Awesome. Great. Thanks for sharing that. We're just going to jump right into our questions. What factors do you consider when selecting community sites for clinical trials to ensure they are diverse and accessible? Yeah, so what's really interesting about our model is that we're flipping the model completely for clinical research sites. So we don't need to come up with the factors. Sites can actually come and decide for themselves what trials are the right fit for them at the right time for them and their patients. So this is a really new model, a different way of solving historical problems in industry. As you think about where we've gone in industry, and I've been a part of the clinical research ecosystem for a very long time, you know, we've seen that access to patients has been on the decline. Only about 5% of patients participate in clinical trials. And this is really facilitated by the fact that a small number of sites get selected in trials. So when you think about how do you change this, flipping the model will really change the dynamics and allow sites to be part of the right trials for them and their patients and really change the way that research is conducted today. So we're really about bringing that right trial at the right time into the community setting and letting the sites then decide which is the right fit for them instead of us being the ones that decide to the feasibility process in traditional ways of doing research. Yeah, it's really cool to see this process be so innovative on your end. 
Thanks for sharing that. How do you ensure that the community sites have the resources and the capacity to conduct the clinical trials that they need effectively? Yeah, so the platform enables sites to really showcase their unique capabilities. And then we work with them really hand in hand to make sure that they understand upfront what the needs are for the protocol, understand what the requirements are, and that they meet those requirements right up front. What we've learned from sites is that they spend a lot of time trying to find trials. And if we can make this process easier for them and have that right trial at the right time be presented to them through our matching process and our platform, this could really become much more efficient and effective for sites through this process. So what we do is we have sites with different level of experience come into the platform based on their unique capabilities and staff and current trials that they have underway. We can then match them for additional trials that would be the right fit for them to participate in. So it's really putting the site again in the driver's seat to say, based on my needs, so the patients that I'm trying to serve, the capabilities I have and the staff I have today, what are the right trials for me to participate in next? So we're we're really excited that the platform is really built for sites in that way to help make this much easier and get those right capabilities up front for trial requirements so they can get those right fit trials for them. Right. It seems like the tools that you have really seem to streamline the process, like you said, of matching. Mm -hmm. That seems to always be a difficult situation, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you address issues of, say, language or cultural barriers that may affect participant recruitment or retention at community sites? Yeah. So this is where we've spent a lot of time with sites to understand their unique ability to enroll underrepresented patients. And what we've heard from community centers is it is very specific. Each site sees certain patients based on their own staff, the languages they speak, their community outreach programs that they do holistically. And it's not based on necessarily just your location. So I know a lot of people think we'll go to the census data, we'll find where the patients are, we'll place sites in those areas. But oftentimes they find that those centers don't actually see the patients They're actually being seen by other doctors that they have relationships with and trust. So what we do is really showcase those unique relationships and the staff and languages that are spoken at the community centers so that you can have really high confidence when you select one of these sites that they actually see these patients. They have relationships in the community with these populations, and they'll be effective in really bringing these patients into your clinical trial. And this is really what changes the dynamic and allows the community sites to really showcase those unique capabilities to support diversity and inclusion. Yeah, thanks. That's a great explanation. I do have a follow-up question, though. Language may not be a barrier, but maybe rural areas. How do you address that? I know, you know, it may be two, three hours for someone to get a clinical trial site. So now that you're bringing it to them, how do you address this? Yes. So we actually have sites well represented in our platform across the United States. And when you think about traditionally where a lot of trials are run, it's on the coast. So people predominantly pick sites on the coast. They know a lot of the major metropolitan areas. However, there is quite a few opportunities for us to go into more rural locations and support those patients who are seeking care. We find in these rural locations that these centers already have the right mechanisms and processes in place to support patients who have to travel a long distance. So if you pick sites that already support patients in rural locations, 
they already know how to do the correct follow-up and support services that these patients need, even if they have to travel a long distance. And what we've learned from talking to our rural centers is that these patients are already traveling to them for their regular standard of care. So they have the right hours, they have weekend appointments, they have um, even virtual care options for patients for follow-up visits that maybe we don't need in other centers where patients are more co-located close to the location of the center. So, you know, this is where allowing the sites to showcase their unique capabilities and how they support patients can really showcase that they can enroll these patients in rural locations and we can move beyond asking patients to fly long distances in the United States to participate in trials by only going to major academic centers. So we think there's a great opportunity in rural locations, and there's a lot of experienced rural sites in the United States that should have access to clinical trials as well. Yeah, that's a a great point. I absolutely agree. Tapping into that community intel seems to be what leverage you have here. I Yeah, I can't wait to see what type of community sites will form around rural areas because I'm from a rural area in Ohio and I don't know very many who've ever participated in a clinical trial, unfortunately. So I'm hopeful that that will change. Yeah, this is really the problem. So when you think about how we can change only 5% of patients participating in clinical trials, you have to expand access to more sites because that's the entry point for patients. And if you need to leave your doctor or travel a long distance to participate in a trial, there's just too many barriers of entry. And coupled with, for diverse populations, the lack of trust they have in the system and and the historical issues we've had, it makes it insurmountable for many patients to even consider participating in a trial, even though the data shows today that 70% of patients would be willing to participate if they could do it, you know, locally with their with their doctor that they trust and that the clinical trials were presented to them as an option through their traditional care. So I think this is a major gap we need to fill in industry to make sure we address it. Yeah, absolutely. It seems that integrating the access with just primary care seems to be the diet that's needed. So yeah, this is so insightful. Thank you. What steps do you take to ensure that community sites are adequately trained in trial protocols, data collection, and adverse event reporting? Yeah. So it all starts at the beginning for us to ensure that the right trial at the right time gets brought to that community center and that they really understand what the trial entails. So we have an iterative process that we do with sites to check their fit really early in the process, to confirm they have access to the right patients, they have the right staff to conduct the trial, and the right level of experience. Not all trials are the same. So, you know, early phase one trials are very different than, you know, phase four uh, post-marketing approval trials. And there might be different levels of experience you should consider at a site based on what the trial requirements are and how the trial is written. So we start really early on with sites to make sure they have the right capabilities, the right staff, and the right experience to be successful in that trial. And then along the way, we have a site partnership management team that works hand-in-hand with the sites all the way through enrollment to make sure if there are any troubles or issues that they have, that we can advocate for them and help them through those processes and make sure that the quality of the sites that are coming from the community is very high because we recognize how important quality is for our 
sponsor collaborators, so the pharmaceutical companies and CROs out there, you know, you need to make sure that the data that's being collected is of high quality so that you can use it in that clinical trial data set. So this is a really important part of the work that we do, and we stay with the sites all the way through to make sure they have the right understanding of the protocol, that they're able to execute against the protocol, and that they're successful for that trial. Thank you. For your principal investigators, you're talking about how important community ties are. How does the principal investigating work? Do you bring someone in or is that already someone who's close to the community? Yeah. So all of our sites that we partner with through the Inato platform are research experienced. So they've at least conducted a trial. Okay. And they have the principal investigator and staff needed for that particular trial. Okay. Now, some of our sites are very experienced. Some of our sites conduct upwards of 15 trials a year, and some are more, you know, learning about the clinical trial process and expanding their reach in this area. What we find is, though, all sites in the community, you know, beyond the academic centers is how we define community centers. All of them have this challenge of having a steady flow of trials for their patients where they can identify the right trials at the right time and have those trials available at their center. So this is really where Anato comes in and allows them to see many trials to pick from, to pick that right trial for them and their patients and ensure that they can focus on patient care instead of trying to identify that next trial for their center. I see. And what steps do you take to evaluate the effectiveness of your efforts to improve diversity and access through community-based clinical trials? Yeah, so this is a really important part of our model where we stick with sites all the way through, like I said, through enrollment, and we actually close the loop with them on their performance. So we, early on through this iterative process, come up with what level of commitment they can make to overall enrollment, as well as to bringing diverse populations into the trial. And then at the end of the enrollment period, we actually do a review of how well did it go? Were they able to deliver on those performance goals we set out together? And this becomes part of our process to build trust in the community centers that we work with and recommend to sponsors, as well as to help them build their own credibility in the platform so they know for the future which trials are the right fit for them. So it's been great for us from a diversity perspective. We've already completed, you know, many trials and we've actually seen the investigators who are very forward and explain to us how they're tied to the community, that they speak the local languages, that their staff represents the community have been able to deliver on enrollment from a diverse subpopulation perspective. And I'll give you an example. We work with this one um, doctor who is Native American. He has really close ties with the Native American community, which has largely been underrepresented in research in the U.S. historically. We worked with him to get him selected for a trial with a major pharmaceutical company. And his target was not only to help support enrollment in that trial, but also to bring Native American populations into that trial, which is really important because it's important that you know, all subpopulations are represented in the data so that you know if the drug is safe or effective once it comes to market for all populations. And then we were able to see through his relationships in the community that not only was he a high performer, he enrolled 36 patients for that particular trial, which is really great. 
80% of them were from the Native American community, wow. which is almost unheard of. The yeah. sponsor was thrilled with this data because usually you you know struggle to find any Native American population who would want to participate in a trial. And he was really able to unlock that need for them and make sure they were represented in that important data set for that medicine. And that comes back to an important point about diversity and bringing in those subpopulations that you noted. Having a doctor who is part of that subpopulation can just skyrocket that trust. And so I think it all comes back to even increasing diversity within the medical school and the medical industries, right? Because if we increase diversity there, then we're going to increase the trust with these subpopulations and then in turn make better therapeutics and better medications. Yeah. And what we've really learned from this whole process is it's the doctor and the care team. And I really want to stress that because our nurses, our study coordinators, you know, all the folks at the office when the patient comes are so critical to making that experience for the patient comfortable, to building trust, to having long-term relationships, and really understanding how to engage with that person and their larger family or, you know, the people they trust and they bring with them to that particular visit. And we've learned a lot around uh, making sure we understand that care team dynamic at each site, because those details end up being really what differentiates a site who might be in a diverse location, but not actually enroll diverse populations and those who are really successful in doing this. They really need to have relationships and understand who they're serving and how to engage with the different communities of people that we have here in the United States. Absolutely. You you said it all. I couldn't have said it better. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much for setting aside the time today to speak with us. We truly appreciate it. Great. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, feel free to reach out to us at A-K-A-Y-L-O-R at extelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts on today's topic. You can also use that email to share any healthcare-related questions or stories that you would like us to consider covering. And if you have the time, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give us a five-star review if you enjoyed today's podcast episode. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you later. This is a Tech Target production.